Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 89 of the podcast. And as always, thank you for spending some of your time with us. Today, we begin our two-part series on the 2018 Masters. Without question, one of the great sporting events on the calendar. Brady Cannon, a good friend of mine who's originally from the Bay Area, he's now down in Las Vegas. He's one of the sharpest golf minds in the business. He's going to join us in just a moment to work through the card, the four-round matchups, the favorites, the sleepers, the underdogs. Brady's going to lay out his blueprint. We're going to come back on Wednesday having a conversation with Jeff Sherman from the Westgate Superbook, who is one of the brightest golf minds when it comes to booking golf action. He always throws some really great props up every year for these tournaments. He's going to join us Wednesday. Brady's going to join us today. But we begin with Tiger Woods. Now, I know this is going to come as blasphemy to some of you. While I am a Tiger Woods fan, I will be betting against Tiger Woods this weekend. Four-round matchups, over-unders for finishing position, hell, maybe even a missed cut bet if the price is right. Tiger Woods is going to be a fade for me for one reason and one reason only. He is unbelievably overpriced heading into this tournament because Tiger Woods has ridiculous name value, because he has a legion of followers, because people are going to bet him blindly because they love him, and because he's played somewhat respectable golf as of late. There's going to be an influx of money on Tiger Woods. The bookmakers know this. They adjust their odds accordingly. And as a result, in my opinion, he is drastically overpriced. I think there's value in fading Tiger Woods. So when it comes to four-round matchups, when it comes to will he finish in the top 20, will he finish in the top 10, will he make or miss the cut, I'm going to be betting against Tiger Woods this weekend solely because I believe there is value in betting against one of the all-time greats. Again, it's not because I dislike Tiger Woods. I just see the value. Come next week, we'll have a conversation about whether or not it blows up in my face. But for right now, let's turn our attention to Las Vegas. Hey, it's Tiger. A good friend of mine from my days in Las Vegas. He's one of the sharpest golf minds in the business. Now, you can check him out on Twitter, at Las Vegas Golfer. You can also check out the website, lvttimes.com. If you're heading to Sin City and you're looking to book some rounds of golf, as well as checking him out on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Brady Cannon making his return to the Sharp 600. What's up, Brady? How are you? Oh, I'm great, Joe. It's Masters Week. It's like Christmas Eve, isn't it, my friend? No doubt, my man. No doubt, indeed. Let's jump right into it with the first question. When we talk about Augusta National, what type of golfer, what style of play sets up well to have success on this specific course? Well, it really suits the rare combination of somebody that can hit it long and also has incredible touch around the greens. And we've seen that come to fruition in the way of past winners. You look at Phil Mickelson, long off the tee, incredible short game. Tiger Woods, long off the tee, incredible short game. Jordan Spieth, incredible short game and long enough around the tee uh, or long enough off of the tee. So, You know, a lot of times you have golfers that can hit the ball really far, the bombers as we refer to them, 
but they're not great around the greens. They're not great putters. They're not great scramblers, that type of thing. And then you often have, you know, uh, the guys that plot along, the ball strikers. They might be real good putters and, you know, good scramblers, but they're not too long off the tee. So Augusta, you really have to do it all, and that's have a lot of length and also incredible touch. How much does recent or current form matter? Golfers who are playing really well versus golfers who might be struggling heading into this tournament. I think it matters a lot, Joe. And and one thing about the Masters, because they play the same course every year, you can really go back through history and look at what the winners have done coming in, what they've done that week. You know, you can just break it down uh, incredibly well because they're playing the same course year in and year out. And you'll find history will tell you that uh, the last 20, 25 winners or so, they've been coming in in real good form, meaning they've had at least a couple of top 10 finishes in that year uh, prior to winning the Masters. And then course form, uh, there's also a statistic, I want to say it's, you know, again, 19 out of the last 22 winners, something like that. They made the cut the year prior at Augusta. And then finally, uh, most of them have also played the Masters at least five or six times. So, that lens, uh, it, that trend speaks to experience and having been around the track a few times. So you, you have to have logged some hours at Augusta because you've you got to know the nuances of the course. You have to be able to deal with the pressure and be used to that pressure. That's why, you know, first, second, third timers, they don't quite have that experience just yet that some of the more veteran Masters players do. And then you have to be coming in uh, to the course or to the tournament in good form. And you have to have played well at the course before. So I think all of those things, if you look it up throughout history, uh, you'll have you know, 75 85% of the winners check those boxes. For those who may not know how it works, golfers who tee off Thursday morning will then be in the Friday afternoon wave. Conversely, golfers who tee off Thursday afternoon will be in the Friday morning wave. As you study the weather patterns and everything we're projected to look at heading into Augusta National, does either wave set up more favorably in your opinion? Well, I haven't gotten into that completely just yet, but what I'm seeing so far is there may be something developing overnight on Wednesday and bleeding into Thursday a little bit. So it looks like, you know, without diving into this completely, it looks like Thursday afternoon may be advantageous uh, and then the Friday morning draw. Now, uh, after that, going into the weekend, we're possibly going to get some weather again developing Saturday night and bleeding over into Sunday morning. So just having glanced at that superficially, Joe, I would say it looks like right now that the Thursday afternoon, Friday morning draw would have an edge. Tiger Woods heads into the tournament at 12 to 1. He was the favorite right up until this week. Now you have him at about 12 to 1. Guys like Dustin Johnson and a few others sitting as the favorites at 10 to 1. Personally, personally, I believe Woods is both overvalued and overpriced heading into the tournament do you believe the Tiger Woods hype heading into Augusta? Uh, yes and no. I, I, I mean, the hype is definitely justified with what he's done since his return that started at Torrey Pines, where he finished tied for 23. And, and that was pretty impressive, given you know what he had been through uh, making his return. And then he went to L.A. and missed the cut, and you're like, okay, well, all right, reality is set in. Uh, and then he went over to Florida and really did well at the Honda and then was incredible at the Valspar, just a shot out of the lead on Sunday. And that really continued at Bay Hill, where he got out to the lead on Thursday. So I, I think he is definitely playing well. I definitely expect him to be in the conversation the entire week uh, at Augusta. 
Uh, do I expect him to win? No. But I think the hype surrounding Tiger is justified to a point where this guy's going to be in the mix. I would expect, I would expect a top 20 finish uh, from Tiger. Now, uh, I feel his true odds are probably 20 to 25 to 1, uh, not 10 or 12 to 1. But still, if he truly has a 20 to 1 shot, that's a pretty good shot to win. Bubba Watson checks a lot of boxes heading into the weekend. He has won twice at Augusta. He's been in strong form as of late. What do you see as his ceiling this weekend? Well, you know, with Bubba, it's weird. It's kind of either all or nothing. Uh, he was fantastic, obviously, at the match play, a course where you need to, to work the ball around corners quite a bit, and that's really his specialty. The same thing with Riviera, which he's won now three times. And by the way, the last time he won the Masters, he also won the LA Open in the same year, which he's already done this year. Um, he gets a little bit sketchy uh, around the greens. His scrambling is not so great. His putting average is not so great. And I Oddly enough, this year, he hasn't been dominating the par fives. And those are a couple areas, that, or three areas anyway, that you really have to be spot on at Augusta. And that's scrambling, par five scoring, and putting. So, uh, you know, Bubba could go win this thing and blow the field away, or he could miss the cut. I think it's uh, very volatile with Bubba Watson. It feels like every week when we're heading into a major, it's only a matter of minutes during a golf conversation until Ricky Fowler's name comes up. What do you think about his chances of finally bringing breaking through with his first major championship. Well, I don't think he's going to get it done, but I would expect him to be in the conversation again. Uh, oddly enough, his stats were so good last year, and his putting was fantastic, and that's dropped off a lot this year. Um, and again, so is his par-5 scoring. But uh, otherwise, Ricky's doing just fine. You know, we talked about coming in on a roll and having some top-10 finishes. Oddly enough, uh, so far in 2018, Ricky has no top-10 finishes. So, again, I don't think he, you know, checks those boxes, as we say, on, on many accounts. Uh, so I don't have him in my winner's circle, but I expect Ricky to play well. He always, you know, I, I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, he's been playing well at Augusta. I would expect to him uh, to make the cut again. Uh, top 10 finish, no, that's probably a little rich for my blood. Rare to find major champions at Phil Mickelson's age. It's more of a young man's game or a guy that's in his 30s. Phil's starting to get up there on the age spectrum, but how much is left in the tank? How much of a chance does lefty have this weekend? I tell you what, Joe, <laughs> I cannot remember in a long time Phil playing this well. He has been absolutely amazing, and most of all, his putting. I mean, if you watch the match play and the uh, tournament he won in Mexico, he just didn't seem to miss a single putt that was, uh, you know, inside of 12 feet. And he certainly uh, has been putting well, as it's reflected in the stats. He's number two on tour in strokes gained putting and number two in uh, putting average. About the only thing that he's not doing well right now is hitting greens in regulation, and that certainly is a big deal at Augusta. But otherwise, across the board, this guy is playing as well as he ever has. I think he's uh, got as much of a chance to win the Masters as he had in five years. Uh, if you can find him at 20 to 1 or better, I think that's a pretty good ticket to buy. Uh, and, and we're talking about a guy that's 47 years old, like you mentioned. So I, I think Phil certainly has a great shot. Two things going against him, his greens and regulation numbers and his age. Every now and again, a long shot or an unknown emerges. Danny Willette a few years ago came out of nowhere to stun the field. Uh, if we're looking for long shots or anyone who could make some noise from the more unheralded category, who should we be looking at? 
Yeah, you know, the more I look at this board, the more I feel that a favorite or, you know, a contender, if you will, is going to win. Um, and I think these long shots are probably going to be in the mix, and certainly some of them are going to finish top ten, but I don't know if they'll come out victorious. But if you've got a long shot that's, you know, two strokes off the lead on Sunday, that's a pretty good bet. And some of those guys that I think might get there are Cameron Smith out of Australia. This is a young kid that's outstanding. And Zach Johnson, another veteran who's been around this course a hundred times. He's won it before. Now the bad news for Zach is he's missed the cut three out of the last four years, but he's playing exceptional right now. His stats really line up, and he hasn't missed a cut since August. So I'd look at those two guys. And also Daniel Berger, he's fallen off a little bit, but did have a nice week in Houston. He's been here a couple times before and had very good finishes. And then finally, to go to an old veteran again, Joe, Matt Kuchar, I think is going to make some noise this week. Of all the big names out there, the favorites, the Dustin Johnsons, the Jordan Spieths, the Rory McIlroys of the world, are there any big names that you might stay away from where you could say, you know what, he's just not in form or he just doesn't play well at Augusta, I'm going to pass? Well, probably two guys, and all of those guys that you mentioned, I think are all going to play well. I think that leaderboard is going to be littered with the Spieths and McElroys and Thomas and Johnsons of the world, and, and possibly even Woods not that far behind. Uh, but two guys I'm not so sure about are Bubba Watson. We talked about Bubba, and... Uh, you know, if, if something goes sideways early for Bubba, it could be over early. And the other thing is so many people got so excited about Bubba after he won that match play, it has me backing off a little bit. And the other guy is Jason Day, who just never seems to be able to put it all together here at Augusta. We haven't seen a lot of him this year. When we did see him, he won so at Torrey Pines. So, you know, he could come out and do that again. But uh, those are two of the guys, the shorter shots, if you will, uh, that I would be going against this week. I know it's still earlier, but are there any four-round matchup plays that maybe jumped off the page at you that you were eyeing up? Well, we were at the South Point earlier today uh, doing a show on Visa and Gil Alexander, your friend, a mutual friend of oh, ours, yeah. and we identified uh, a little scenario of matchups that looked to be an inefficiency in the marketplace. There was Bubba Watson favored over John Rahm at minus 140. And then you had Ricky Fowler favored over Bubba Watson at minus 130. So you would think Ricky Fowler over John Rahm would be even a greater favorite. But yet he was minus 120 over John Rahm. How about that? And I thought that there's something just inefficient about that. I don't think it's something that stinks that you want to stay away from. I thought it was just a mistake possibly that maybe you look to take advantage of. When it's all said and done, if you were to throw a name out there that wins it, who would you be throwing out? Well, you know, I was asked this question earlier today, and uh, I asked if I could have three choices. So I'll give you, you can three. You three. I'd love it. I like Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, and Phil Mickelson. Beautiful. You can catch him on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. Check out the website, lvttimes.com, if you're heading to Vegas to play some golf while you're there. You can also catch him on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Brady Cannon joining us on the Sharp 600. Brady, awesome stuff as always. We appreciate the time. Enjoy the tournament this weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon for the U.S. Open. I can't wait, buddy. Have a great time, and thanks for having me. Hey, Gilmore, you suck, you jackass. Why don't you shut the hell up? Part one of the Sharp 600 2018 Masters Edition is in the books. Thank you so much for your time today. Shout out to my man Brady Cannon for coming on and dropping the knowledge. We greatly appreciate it. 
Part two will drop tomorrow. We'll speak with Jeff Sherman from the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. But for now, everybody, be well and best of luck.